Welcome to This Marketing Show, hosted by award-winning B2B sales performance coach, Rick Lambert, who has been selected by many of the world's most recognized companies to help them market and sell to win. Let's join Rick now. Hello, welcome to This Marketing Show. One of my favorite guests of all time, I got back on, tricked them on. Scott Clary, thanks for joining me today, buddy. You know, your podcast the Success Story Podcast was just selected by HubSpot, by the way, one of 10 shows. What a great recognition for the great work you're doing. I told my team this morning, I don't know many people that know as much as you do about sales and marketing. And, uh, you know, we were talking before and I said, Scott, what would be three things that you think any business leader should be thinking about right now moving forward? You said video, social selling and sales enablement. So uh, maybe let's talk about video. Why do you think that's such so important? Why is video important? First of all, you can't hype me up so much. I think you have to you have to start off the podcast. You have to like, you know, set the expectations that he's not that great. He doesn't know that much because then everything that comes after that's just good. Now I really got to show up. So you're putting the you're putting the pressure on. Um, but uh, okay, listen, we so we got video as a number one. And why did I think this was the number one thing? Because I think that in a world of email and noise, I think that video cuts through the noise. It humanizes sales again, and it's something that right now not a lot of people are comfortable doing. And I think that that allows it to differentiate yourself as a sales rep. So how do you actually include video when you're selling? So the there's a lot of ways you can include video, right? We're, we're doing a podcast right now, we're recording this, that's video. There's video on YouTube. There's uh, product demo videos. We're talking about a sales rep using video to record themselves to pitch or to speak to a customer. So in terms of tech, there's various tools that do it. You can do uh, Vidyard or Bonjuro that allow you to record short little videos that you can send to your customers and they set it up so that you can build these uh, into your sale, into your outbound sales sequences uh, quite easily. So for example, when a new lead comes in, uh, you'll get a notification to record a, an instant video for them if you want a personalized video. Um, and of course, with any sort of outbound campaign, you can do a one to few or, or hyper-personalized so that I'm just sending one video, for example, to Rick, trying to sell Rick, or you could do one to many where I have perhaps a pre-templated video that can go out to as really as many people as I wanted to. So of course, like anything in sales, if you're sending an email that's hyper-personalized, it's always going to be a little bit better. So you want to make sure that your best possible ICPs, customer profiles, personas that really fit, uh, you're probably going to try and personalize, but you can also run a little bit of one to few, uh, one to many, excuse me, so that of course you have some volume and you can scale yourself. So what do you have to put in a video? Um, in my opinion, I think a video should follow a very similar format to a uh, to an email. So the format that I like for emails and Rick actually has a really good example because he was uh, he was actually walking through a, a script for videos as well. That's why we started speaking about this. But um, the pieces of the video that I think you should have would be uh, number one, why you? So you're helping the person understand why they're receiving a video from you. So it could be as simple as um, you just submitted a lead on my website and I wanted to reach out to you to speak about whatever you just submitted the lead about. Or it could be something more complicated like referencing um, why other, if you're selling to CMOs, why other CMOs have been trying to solve a problem that you may be trying to solve as well. Um, then I would also say you want to have the why now. So after the why, you the why now. So you want to establish some sort of time frame that they should be making a purchasing decision within, why it's relevant to them now, why 
you think they could have intent to buy as opposed to something that could be on you know the uh, the budget for the next fiscal year why is it relevant now of course to you know speed up your sales velocity and then i always like including a short little anecdote so 15 seconds that references a similar a similar situation or case study that you've already you've already sold to so another customer you've sold to that you're solving a problem a big company or a company that's actually in the same category as the company that you're speaking to now. So a short little anecdote that sort of validates that you've already sold this product or the solution or solved the pain point for somebody similar to the person that you're sending the video to. And lastly, a call to action. So what are they going to do? Uh, are they going to, for example, book a call with you? Do you want them to reply to this video, which sometimes with some of these tools allows them to email you directly? Um, you have to have some sort of CTA, whatever that is. So that's those would be my four main things you should cover in a video the why you the why now a short little anecdote that provides some validation or social proof and then a call to action but rick you also had a really good you actually had a very specific thing that you were going to use in a video that i think is relevant for this as well well you know you know uh okay i i've watched you many times on video you're comfortable on video and i think you know we were talking before the recording and you asked who's the audience and i said it's pretty much a legacy in many cases our viewers which would which would represent the corporate typical sales force and i just find that we see so many great sales people professional business leaders that are afraid to go on video and uh you know i'm doing programs now with corporate sales teams literally how to shoot a selfie video and i know these i just find they don't know what to say they don't want to get embarrassed and uh, so what we started to do with company, Scott, is suggest in the onboarding that when you interview somebody, have them submit a video at minimum, never mind interviewing this way, just to see if the person's comfortable because it's mm -hmm. the de facto standard. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's different templates, but uh, so video, you know, last time we talked to, you made a comment that I, it still stuck with me. You talked about the celebrity president of a company and how you know, it's great to have the salespeople or whatever, but how important it is for maybe the business leader to bring some of those elements, you know, the personalization, the human aspect to video. Maybe you could speak a little bit about what, why you think the leader should be out there on video. Sure. Um, and I do believe that, I think to your point, I think everybody should start to feel comfortable on video. That's kind of the reason why, um, that's the reason why we should be encouraging video more for sales reps. Now, I like that where you, if you're going to, you know, bring on a new sales rep, you have to have them submit a video. I think it's important. Um, why the leader? Why should the leader be on video? Because it, if no one else is going to represent your company in that way, at the bare minimum, there has to be a human associated with the company. Um, we are at a point where, again, it comes back to all the noise. All the, all the noise in the world. There's so many companies that are trying to sell us things. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's B2C or D2C or B2B. It's all B2 human. It's all business selling to a human. And if no one else is in the company is going to go on video, bare minimum should be the leader because that builds an element of trust. It breaks down those ominous corporate veils that for some reason, people think it's okay to hide behind. You look at business, social media, it's so boring and bland. You look at the way they interact with their customers, like the first human experience that you have with the business shouldn't be when you get on a phone with an SDR or an inside sales rep. I think that by encouraging the leader to put themselves out there, not only does it build trust with the customer because they realize they're talking to a real a human person, mm -hmm. um, and 
it will also like anything if you're trying to be a good leader if you're going to set the example for your sales reps you got to do it first you can't ask your sales reps to do things that you're not willing to do yourself so if you've already bought into the idea like yes if i want to communicate with my customers i have to have a template that makes my sales reps feel comfortable the template that i just described that you can just sort of use for your videos it's really just copying and pasting best practices for email and then putting those into video but on top of that, if I'm going to encourage the behavior of getting people to jump on video and to send 30 seconds, 30 second videos to clients, or even get my, get my employees to want to contribute to a YouTube channel or something like that, which you see, for example, go look at product hunt. They have all their employees jumping on and creating videos for their YouTube channel. If, if you can get that kind of buy-in to video, you will have employees evangelizing the company, but you'll also have a little army of people out there that are putting a face to the company, putting their face out, and that'll build more trust with your customers. I think it all starts with leadership for sure. It all starts with leadership being comfortable jumping on video and speaking to their customers, putting video on YouTube, sending out 30 second clips to, uh, to the, to, you know, to your actual customers. I think that's where it starts. And then you can start asking and enabling your, your sales team to do it as well, but it starts with you for sure. Yeah, you know, you, you, the face on the business is so relevant. I remember when I was working with uh, Ingram Micro years ago in Toronto, and uh, we had I was supporting or coaching over 300 reps across Canada. I was saying to the leader at the time, I said, why don't we put the picture of the sales rep in the email signature? That way the customer's not dealing with this faceless, because they never meet an inside salesperson. Yeah. Anyway, fast forward. Uh, anyway, I'm a believer of video, as, as you know, and... Uh, I would just encourage people to give it a try and, um, you know, don't expect your first one to go perfect, but, uh, like anything, you know, if you stick with it, you know, great things will come. I'm going to give you sure. one more on that yeah, one yeah. too, just on video. So when I try and get them, cause I'm, I, I'm doing this too. I'm trying, I, I send videos through LinkedIn. If I'm trying to sell something, I'm, I'm sending like one to one, like one yeah, to one. I do one to one. Yeah. I do one to one. You can do it from your phone yeah. or. There's a few apps that actually allow you to do it from your desktop, but I can't remember the names of the, those apps just off the top of my head. So I do it from my phone and I'm literally just holding it up, recording it and pressing send. Yeah. Um, I've asked my reps to do that before, obviously pushback. A lot of people are uncomfortable. So I just get them to do it to me until they feel comfortable. Cause I know that if they record and send 20 videos to me, it could be the 21st, it could be the 51st. They're eventually going to feel comfortable sending videos. And then they just start doing that to all the actual customers. But it's literally getting over the 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 your your own nerves of of recording a couple sentences and feeling like you're not stumbling over your own tongue. Mm -hmm. And after you do that, honestly, just do like 20 of them and send them to like your friend, or just do them and don't even send them to anybody. Mm -hmm. But after you do 20 of them, you have this, you know, this little formula, this same formula you're gonna use in your email, the why you why now. A uh, little anecdote and then CDA, CTA call to action. Hmm. You're it's going to be like flowing like butter. It's going to be like you're going to be it's going to be so easy. But the first time is always tough. The tenth time is a little bit better. The hundredth time, it's like you're a pro. And hmm. again, not a lot of people do it. So the 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 bar is very low. It's hmm. really just doing it, sending it, and you're going to get a, you'll you'll see a higher response rate. If you were going to send video versus just text. 
an email or, or LinkedIn or whatever, you'll see a higher response rate. So what, what you're talking about right here is I would argue one of the most underutilized, easy, free ways to just do a one-to-one message. And that's the, just record, like you say, yeah. you know, the one thing that uh, I remember a guy came come off a of TV and he told me, Rick, when you're shooting video, you always got to think about the end before you start, because I find a lot of times when we're on video, we end up like a voicemail, right? And uh, yeah, yeah. I look forward to hearing from you soon. So yeah. just think about the ending, you know, maybe something like, and I hope this, you know, message was of value, or I look forward to talking next Wednesday, have a specific, like Scott saying, call to action at the end. But what about social selling? Like, okay. um, you know, you're obviously, you've seen the evolution of this and surprisingly, some people are still realizing, hey, I actually, this COVID thing, I got to be on social media and get social. Maybe you could speak to what you're seeing in that space and what's working. So social selling uh, includes a few components. So it's it, it's a high, it's a broad term that encompasses, encompasses like reaching out on LinkedIn, um, building out a profile that positions you as a subject matter expert, even running campaigns on LinkedIn as part of your, you know, your email and your cold calling. Um, so social selling now I think is starting to become the status quo. I know people that even know how to sell with Instagram DMs. They sell on Twitter. Let's not go down that rabbit hole just yet. I just want to bring people to speed on say using LinkedIn. So social selling, if I'm using, you know, I'm using the, uh, the outbound example, social selling could just be including LinkedIn as part of my outbound sequence. So if I'm doing, you know, the, the numbers are seven to 15 different touch points for an enterprise, uh, for an enterprise uh, sale before you're going to get in, in touch with the decision maker. So I'm splitting up those touch points across email and phone and then LinkedIn. That's, that's an easy way to think of social selling. Another way to think of social selling, and that just makes, that just makes sense because the targeting options are so great on LinkedIn that you can find any job title, role, company size, you know, mm-hmm. geographical region in the world, and you can laser target. So it just makes it easier to reach out because you have direct access, access to these people. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way you can social sell is by positioning yourself as a subject matter expert in your industry or your field. And how do you do that? Well, you're creating valuable content. It's answering the questions that your potential buyer or decision maker could be asking. So you're literally posting content and it's not just posting frivolous content. You do that stuff too. It doesn't matter. You post whatever you want. Obviously you don't want to insult anybody, but you can post stuff about your, you know, your family, your kids, whatever, but a lot, and and a lot of your content, actually the one thing, the one, the one piece of content that I wouldn't advise you to post is selling your services. I would say that you should 90% of your content should be education and maybe like five to 10% should be actually saying, Hey, sign up for a webinar or, Hey, try this product or, you know, sign up here for a demo or reach out to me to do whatever, you know, it is I'm, I'm trying to sell you, trying to, um, to, uh, to get you to do. So most of your content should be teaching and answering questions that your potential buyer could be asking. So you have to know what those questions are. That's fine. But if you've sold even one product to one customer, you're going to have an idea of the questions that are coming up in those calls. Go, you, you got something to say to yeah. that? So, so no, I'm just saying <laughs> what you're saying, okay, if I'm watching right now, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, educational versus promotional. And I do, yeah. you know, when I record a TV program, I, uh, you know, like you, Scott, I probably fast forward through the commercials, right? The pitches. But I don't think people like understanding it and doing it are two different things. If you look at the social streams on so many corporate feeds like uh especially smb you know they're posting brochures and they're posting like stuff that and i'm big on stop the scroll how do you stop the scroll um 
So we just went to a company and I said, look at A, to use video, B, to get their faces on uh, social media. And we're big, you know, we're all in on LinkedIn, by the way. And I've heard you mention- That's LinkedIn your thing. You do the, tra- I, I just I just talk about it on podcasts. You no, actually no. train it for a living. Well, what, what we do is we go to the company, we say to the sales team, this is how basic it is. Everybody come up with two frequently asked questions. And in this case, we had, uh, I think, eight sales reps in this one team. Each person, Zoom call, they were captured, boom, boom, boom. Everybody answered. We had 16 now little videos, micro videos on questions to your post. And they don't need us necessarily to do that. They could do it themselves and just post that organic content on the company. They get their people tied in because everybody wants to watch when their buddy's on a video. Um, It puts a face. Um, But I just think people that are listening right now saying, hey, I heard that before. I would challenge you to look at your social stream and say, okay, how much video, how many faces of your people are in there? Is it educational? Be honest. Or are you pushing your product with deal of the week of the month? Um, because there is an art like, you know, social selling, I would argue, is the fine art, okay, of letting someone else get your way. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry to jump in. I just thought, no, I don't know. It's a good doubling point. down. Now, why do why have you mentioned LinkedIn so much? Like I'm all in on LinkedIn and I think a lot of people go, you know, we should be across platforms and this and that. Do you have any thoughts on that? Like how heavy do I go on LinkedIn versus the others? Well, I think it depends on what you're selling, first of all. So B2B. I think in the B2B, B2B, yeah. yes. I mean, yeah. B2B, all your yeah. decision makers are there. Yeah. If you are creating useful content as a business, if like your if your page is creating useful content, yeah. they're going to find that. I'd yeah. also challenge you to, as a leader, as the celebrity CEO, you're posting that stuff, you're building a profile, you're becoming that thought leader, that subject matter expert by posting yeah. that same content. And then to keep going, uh, the, the companies that I see sell the best, again, are not just sales reps that I see sell the best, are not just running outbound cadences um, through LinkedIn email and, and calling and including LinkedIn on that. They're also posting the content. So if you want a good example, you look at Gong, uh, gong.io, you look at their LinkedIn, you look at their sales reps, all their profiles are branded. Mm-hmm. They're all posting really helpful content and it's mm-hmm. helpful content. It doesn't feel like it's mm-hmm. like boilerplate copy. It's actually useful stuff. So it just means they hire really great people who want to build their own personal brand, but they also want to use that to help them hit their sales numbers, hit their meetings booked, hit their revenue targets, whatever it is. So I think that that comes from the CEO or the executive team leading, because if I was a sales rep in a company and my own CEO didn't give two, you know, two shits about LinkedIn, but he was saying, or she was saying, Hey, Scott, I want you to keep posting. I'd be like, listen, no, I'm, I I can't buy into this. But if you see, and this is all, this, this brings it back to activity-based management, right? How do you get somebody to buy into something? Well, you show them how it helps them achieve their goals. Hmm. So if I'm trying to get a sales team to post on LinkedIn, helpful content that I know my potential customer profile is going to find useful, Hmm. then I'm showing them how posting that content is going to make it easier to book demos, to close Hmm. deals. Hmm. And I think that's what you have to, and why LinkedIn? It's because all your decision makers are there. All, if you were selling, if you were, if you were selling t-shirts, I would say go to Etsy or go to Instagram, but this is B2B. This is not D2C or, B2, or B2C, right? We're selling B2B. Yeah, B2B. All your decision makers are there. The targeting's there. The targeting is going to be better than any other social platform, meaning I can drill down into whatever uh, company profile, size, employee headcount, job position, title, role. I can see if they just switched companies, which could be a meaningful event for them to try and sell them a new product or service. I can see the geographical region, like the targeting is there. The people are there. Um, and also on top of that, it's a content deficient platform, meaning I get the most organic reach out of any social, maybe outside of TikTok, 
meaning mm-hmm. what does content deficient mean? It means that there are more consumers, content consumers, people reading the content than content creators. That is the opposite of Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, because on all those platforms, you have more creators and consumers. So you don't mm-hmm. get organic reach. So when you post, very few people see it unless you already have an audience. On LinkedIn, you can still post and tap into an audience because there's less people consuming than creating content. So that's why for all those reasons, I think it's a no-brainer to spend time on LinkedIn and to include that both on your outbound and just building a profile or a presence. And then also creating more useful content for your actual company page. And, you know, you know, for those again, listening, saying, you know, don't necessarily just watch what Scott's saying, watch what he does. He's very active on LinkedIn, very, very educational polls, engaging. uh, And I think it shows by, you know, how many followers you have on LinkedIn. Um, What about sales enablement? You know, we talked video, we talked about social selling, you know, with AI and all the automation now happening, you know, I got asked, I was speaking to a college group, um, not that long ago. And at the Q and a session at the end, this is the graduating class. One guy raised his hand and he said to me, uh, Rick, do you think salespeople will exist in another three to five years? And I was like, ah, good question. But anyway, let's talk automation, <laughs> not extinction. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, enablement tools, in my opinion, um, buyers are, buyers are getting more complex. Um, they're doing more research they're doing more research before they actually even engage with the decision maker. So it's making the sales rep's job more complicated. So I think that in my mind, what enablement allows a sales rep to do is to focus more on the high value tasks. So the actual live interaction, the Zoom calls or the sitting down for meetings, if, you know, God forbid that ever happens again, grabbing a coffee with somebody. Um, I think that enablement is just removing the non- the non-selling activities. And I think that we've just crept, crept, crept with all the different ways that we record data, um, the ways that we uh, track and the things that we have to research and the, and the amount that we have to research to differentiate ourselves from our competition. All these different things that sales reps are now having to do just removes actual selling time, actual sitting down and talking to somebody time, which I think is why sales reps will never go away because as long as I can sit down and talk to you this way, the way we're doing right now, um, and I can help you see the context that you can't just get through reading information. Mm. I think that that's going to be what's required. And also building trust. Mm. At the end of the day, there has to be a trust component. And I can't build trust easily if I've never seen you before or spoken to you live. I think that that's also why it brings us back to video. Why do we use video to to build trust uh, virtually. So what is what is sales, sales enablement? Sales enablement is um, giving people the tools to allow them to reduce their non-selling activity time. So it could be uh, using a, um, a CRM that uh, allows them to automatically track data. It could be using um, uh, like sales intelligence tools that allows them to better research customers like uh, like an outreach or whatnot. Uh, be, so they don't have to spend time looking all over the internet for information about this potential customer. Um, it could be I'm trying to think what else. Uh, right, it could I be, saw a slide the other day, just so yeah. you're thinking there. And uh, it was a picture of Frankenstein and it had all these different sales enablement platforms as different parts of the body. Because I think sales leaders, business leaders now are having a hard time tethering together. What do I use for the arms? What do I use for the legs? What do I use for yeah. 
I think it's complex, right? There's a lot of great tools, but but tethering them together still seems to be an opportunity, uh, at least from what we're Well, that's why I also think you need, I think sales ops is an emerging job role that has Mm -hmm. to be included Mm -hmm. because I think sales ops is going to tie all these things together until Mm -hmm. they all play nice with each other. Exactly. Um, I mean, even like a DocuSign, in my opinion, or a DocSend, like DocuSign allows you to expedite contract signing. Like all of these things, like I don't need a sales rep. I remember when I first started to get a contract signed, I would have to walk over to a fax machine and I would be like waiting in line for a fax machine because there was other sales reps using it. And I'd be faxing or, or zero or scanning stuff. I have to send it over like how, and then I have to literally receive the signed version and then countersign it with a pen and then yeah. send it back. Like DocuSign, something like that, that can, that can save me 20 minutes of, dicking around at a at a copy machine like that's something to me that removes friction in the sales process so anything that removes non-selling time research Mm -hmm. uh increasing sales velocity helping the customers close a deal helping us track activities helping us even coach and train sales reps Mm -hmm. um like gong is another one i like because it allows you to listen to calls but not have to listen to every call Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. it has an ai component that allows you to uh, measure best practices for calls and it will it will re- provide you reports so you know where to look as mm-hmm. opposed to you just spending two hours literally listening to recorded calls you now know which calls to look for and which reps potentially aren't saying the right thing or if a rep is speaking too much and you notice a, and a customer isn't speaking enough then it'll send you a report or an alert on that but that will expedite that learning process so that you can actually drill down and even coach to that specific stress behavior, as opposed to only finding it out two months later, because you finally got a call where that yeah. rep was speaking for 95% of the call. And yeah. you just realized that because you just missed all the yeah. other calls they had because you're just busy because well, you're a human, yeah. right? So you're, you're minding in my days as a sales manager, you know, you don't travel with this rep for a long time because you figure they're a tenured rep and they know what to say. Yeah. And if you get on the call after four months, you're like, oh my gosh, you've been saying that. No, no, don't say that. Yeah, so I know, yeah. Even on the training side, Scott, we've implemented a new uh, platform where we can video capture a sales rep before they go through our program. And then using AI, we can pick up on key trigger words they're supposed to use. Boom. Then they go through the program. We measure after. So we're even using that now in the preparation, not just the uh, online. But, you know, there's so many tools. And I think it's, 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 there's, there's more and more great ones coming out. Your, your point about sales ops emerging, I, I totally agree. They need someone yeah. to kind of just make sure the engine and the air conditioning and everything's working right. That's um, the biggest thing, I think, because there's so many. Like there's like, there's like a thousand CRMs, let alone. Yeah. You've seen that. I'm sure you've seen this chart. There's like, it's like the chart of like the sales sales tech chart and there's like a MarTech chart and it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of apps. So it's not, it's just about knowing that this is something that you should dedicate somebody to go figure out. That's really step one. So I got a secret shortcut. If anybody wants it, just follow Scott Clary on LinkedIn. (laughs) Trust me. I follow the guy. He's got great content. It's totally educational. He's very humble, doesn't promote himself. And that's probably why HubSpot selected him. Um, But Hey Scott, as I wrap up, I just want to say thank you and uh, congrats on what you're doing. uh, Being a front runner. Um, I really appreciate the content you post your time today. So team, listeners video okay get on it don't think about it anymore number two social selling you heard it from the master right here okay he's looking at a lot of companies that are doing great things and lastly sales enablement maybe you want to think about how you can frankenstein together 
something with a sales ops person. So Scott, thanks very much for joining us today, buddy. Really appreciate it. And Always a pleasure. Uh, I'm cheering for Always you all the great things you're doing. Yeah, likewise, likewise. You keep doing your thing, Rick. We'll do another one in a few months. <laughs> Perfect. Everything will change by then. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of This Marketing Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share, and subscribe to get the latest B2B insights to help you market and sell to win.